Sup kids, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Uh, uh, this, as, as of this video, I mean, this will be, this will probably go up in, uh, comes out of February, March. Um, we'll, we'll have been through a lot at this stage, and I'd, I'd like to thank you for coming along on that journey uh, with me. It has been a lot, I've, I've, so essentially, by the time this comes out, Potatropy will be out in the world. It will be available. Pre-order will no longer be a thing. Um, so thank you to everyone who did pre-order. Thank you to everyone who has purchased the book. It means way more than you can probably imagine. It's a long time coming. It took a lot of work to put together, more than I will likely ever admit. Um, and a lot of a lot of time has been spent on it, so I appreciate that. And thank you to anyone who came to the launch. If you could come to the launch, I have no idea how it went. I mean, it's it's the 29th of January right now, as I recall this. Um, so it may have gone well. It may have gone terribly. I may be dead by now. Which brings me to my point. <laughs> That's my point. I, I'm not I'm not dying or anything. Uh, maybe. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen a doctor in a very long time. But who knows? You know, the world's a chaotic place. We, we, can't, we can't put names on these things. But it does give me a thought. A thought which I was thinking about the other day. Uh, so a friend of mine sent me a message, which was essentially, it was like a screen, you know, like when it's not a meme, but someone screenshots something and then posts it online and that, that picture goes live and everyone kind of follows that picture. And it was the difference between uh, males and females getting ready for a date. So males, the, the, the it was it was one of these classic, you know, um, what's the word? I guess privilege posts, maybe, yeah. So demonstrating the difference between males and females and that the men don't tend to have to think about being, you know, um, accosted or assaulted on a date or being killed um, in, in general. So and that women, they do, you know, they tell friends where they're going, they tell who they're seeing, they, they inform people, they leave emergency numbers, blah, 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 because they're meeting a stranger. Just for reference, by the way, I do that <laughs> for myself because <laughs> I don't trust people, which demonstrates the point, that, you know, they'll women don't feel like they can trust men um which you know is a valid point considering the the right the rise not the rise the rate of assaults and things which go in the world teach your children to be better please the people of the world but it is the point because the point which i was trying to get to before i rambled off cause was that um when i go on a date or when i go meet somebody especially a stranger a lot of what I think of is, if this person dies on this day, I'm screwed. Even if they died accidentally. You know, if we were together and someone just had a tumor and they didn't know about it and they suddenly dropped dead, I am fucked. Because there is no alibi for me. Being a single male alone with a dead body is not a position which I'd wish on anybody, especially not if you had nothing to do with the situation. Um, so there's a lot of fear in that, but you know, that never stops me. People are people and people are going to die and then I'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. <laughs> the start of this podcast is taking a real weird turn. Gone from humbly thanking you for purchasing my products, supporting my artwork to suggesting that, uh, what would happen providing I ended up with a corpse. But it's give or take, yelling at concrete. You can never really tell what's coming when I, when I get on this run. But one of these factors, which I, I put into play is that I live alone. I live in a house by myself. I have done for, I'm going to say three, three years, nearly, 
almost. Might be more than three years. Can't really remember. Brain's not great with dates and time and, and space and all that kind of thing. I never make a good Doctor Who is what I'm is what I'm saying. But I live alone, so all responsibility within my house falls to me. You know, cooking, cleaning, bathing, all of that is my responsibility. Not that I ever had anyone bathe me. But it's something which I have to do, which means I find it quite easy to be productive within my own house. You know, so like, let's say I leave a plate in my living room. If I see that plate every single day, all I'm thinking to myself is, why the hell haven't we picked up that plate? You're going to have to pick it up eventually. So I pick it up and we take it to the kitchen and then it gets washed. You know, same with uh, kind of looking after myself and feeding myself. No one's going to make food for me. Therefore, I have to buy food. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to cook for myself. I have to get involved with my own life. There's no one there to support me on that. By the way, I would completely recommend living alone at some point in your life. It is insanely free. I've also been down this road on other podcasts where I've discussed the problems with being insanely free within your own life. Uh, I think it was on a podcast with Elizabeth, and we were both saying that without structure in our lives that we wouldn't survive. I know for a fact if I didn't have a full-time job, um, and I only did artwork and existed in this little bubble which i create for myself which is my home that i would uh, i would not survive very long because i i do i get into funks where i just make stuff and the rabbit hole you can go down is something which you occasionally need to be dragged out of so if you're in one of those rabbit holes go for coffee with a friend seriously just get out and go for a coffee with a friend it gives you so much more perspective on what you're working on as well this is just a, a sly bit of creative advice so the way i create is to basically delve into my mind and that sounds hugely pretentious but to do that i i lock myself away i isolate myself in such a such a fairly dramatic manner it's not something which i announce i just kind of do it and then every so often i get a text from a friend who says hey we haven't seen you in a couple of days you okay and that's that that right there is my prompt to go yeah i'm cool i'm just I'm just working on some stuff. Uh, we'll get coffee in a couple of days, and then we go for coffee in a couple of days, and it usually helps me clear the air. And it gives me a chance to show what I've been doing as well. And it gives you that third-point perspective so you know just how far you've gone down the rabbit hole. But back to the point. The point being, so yeah, I, I live in a world of my own. I'm, I'm free to do what I want, dress how I want. I can walk around naked. I'm wearing several layers today. Um, I can, you know, I never close my bathroom door. And then I people come over and I, I have a doorstop for my bathroom door, which keeps the door ajar. And people move the doorstep and then I go upstairs and I'm like, why is my bathroom door closed? It's like, oh yeah, because there's other people who are visiting in my house. And closing the bathroom door is a natural thing to do. But I live alone. Ooh. I live alone. So why would I ever close the bathroom door? Who's going to come in? If an intruder comes in, then I'm clearly just going to fling whatever's in the toilet at them to save myself. But that's a real... Not like fear. Just a, a thought which comes in the back of your head, stuff like that. You know, that whole idea of an intruder. So someone breaks into my house and I'm there. I am the only person in that house. Defense of my house then falls to me, protecting myself falls to me. As such, I do keep a metal pole in my bedroom. Because there's nights where you don't feel safe. There's nights even... I mean, I've been in this house like almost ten years now, probably. Something stupid like that. And I never really think about it 
as an unsafe space. It's completely a space where I know I can retreat to and it is my home and my personal space, even though I rent it. But there are nights where you, you get a little bit on edge. You know, maybe there's too much shouting in the street. Maybe a stranger knocks on your door and then disappears. I've had that before. I've had people look through my windows. Um, but there is that over-residing factor in your head that this this place belongs to me. So you, you kind of, you feel the need to defend yourself. And that there's that thought. As well, you know, I've had opportunities where I've I've been in jeopardy by my own actions. So I think, oh, it must have been like a month ago now. I made dinner for myself. Wasn't anything fancy. Wasn't even getting fancy with this. It wasn't like I was making puffer fish. Wasn't like I was, you know, trying out oysters for the first time on a whim. Never had an oyster. Really curious what that tastes like. Um, I like seafood. But I'm really curious. Can't eat them at the minute, though, because I'm doing a whole vegetarian kick. But that's a whole different story. So, I made dinner for myself. Curly fries from a bag. Not made, not homemade. From a bag. Um, you know, bit of ketchup. I think I had, like, a like some breaded thingamajig. This must have been December it happened. Because I remember talking to my dad about it at Christmas. Must have been December. Um, but I made my dinner for myself. And then partway through the meal, I, my mouth just tasted weird. I'd eaten a curly fry and I was like, what is this? What is this weird sensation in my mouth? And suddenly my tongue started burning. Not in like an acidic way. In like a poison way. And my brain was just like, what is this? And of course, I got a little bit. And, and being human... I didn't instantly stop eating my meal. I just carried on. I was like, hmm, maybe that, little, maybe that little bit was off. We'll try a little bit more. So I kept eating, and my mouth got worse. Everything got worse. It it was awful. Like, it was... it was, And all I could think was, oh, it must have been a bad potato. It must have been uh, a curly fry, which had gone off, you know. Maybe they made it and it was it was just unripe or something. And I, what I was tasting was like the, the nightshady, uh, more poisonous effects of what potatoes can do for you when they go bad. Um, and it was just that curly fry. So I got rid of that. I rinsed my mouth out and whatnot. And then I kept going because <laughs> I don't learn. And I love food. And I was hungry. And it became more and more, and more apparent that what I was tasting wasn't, in fact, the product of the food it was a product of a cleaning solution which had gotten onto my plate and as i was eating it the alkali was just rinsing my mouth to a point where i was spitting and foam was coming out and i managed to wet the plate and part of the plate just foamed up so essentially i was just poisoning myself i'd, I'd sat there and almost poisoned myself um and i made it through but i lost lost taste in my tongue for like a day because yeah, I introduced an alkali into to my mouth, which shouldn't have been there. Not for human consumption. Said on every single bottle. But that is also something which I've done to myself. I have, uh, I got my tattoo done a few years back, and they gave me second skin. And so second skin is a is something which they usually use on burn victim because it keeps your skin in place and well protected. Um, and then when you you peel it off, you peel it off kind of like a like tape but you don't do it quick you do it, you really slow and drag it down kind of like trying to take a label of a dvd and it, you you run water over it all the time whilst you're doing it i did it in the shower and my body overheated so <laughs> i ended up almost passing out throwing up in my bathroom 
sat on my bathroom floor, nude as the day is long, um, skin half hanging off my shoulder, um, just trying to calm down, trying to calm down. Everything was going wrong. And then, uh, and I was just on my own, just sitting there on the floor. Didn't really know what to do myself. I have fallen down my stairs. I have slipped steps. I have had near misses with knives and power tools because I am clumsy as anything, yet love doing handiwork. Um, what is my point? My point is that all of these situations, I am completely alone. So there is always a resounding factor in my head that if I make a mistake one day, I am doomed. I am not going to make it out alive. Small mistakes in households of families, which is why humans live in packs, can be assisted. You know, you slip, someone picks you up, helps you out. So you slip, break your ankle, you're on your own. I could be laying at the bottom of the stairs for days and no one would notice. The only time anyone would notice would be work would call my work, my home, not get an answer. They'd probably wait a day or so. Then they'd call again, and then if they didn't get that, they'd call an emergency contact, which are my parents. My neighbours don't know us. I don't talk to my neighbours. In fact, I, the only time I've spoken to my neighbours is when I had to go out and tell them to turn the music down because it was four in the fucking morning, and they were playing like drum and bass through the wall, and I couldn't... Oh, that's a whole other story. Um, but I don't talk to my neighbours. They're not going to come round and check on me. They're not going to be there to say, oh, hey, I wonder if Graham's okay. No, that's not going to happen. I could slice through my arm. I'm going to have to stop that. I'm going to have to tourniquet that, call an ambulance, help myself out. So you have to put a lot more thought into what you're doing with your life. And I think whilst, you know, that's terrifying, at the same time, that's a, an amazing thing to do. I This is why I say people think need to live alone at some point. Because you you... Your whole perspective on the world changes. You know, I didn't... I lived out of the house during uni. I moved into a student house. You're living with friends. So your perspective on the world kind of changes because you've gone from a, a home where, you know, you have people supporting you, looking after the homestead because it's not your homestead, to a place where everybody is kind of entitled. Um, and it takes a lot of effort to get everybody working together and consider each other's feelings and cleaning and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of hit and miss with it. Um, and then after that, I lived with my partner. And that's a whole different dynamic as well, because there's two of you. You've got someone else to consider, but you're also very close. So you're very understanding of each other's needs and wants and positions within the world. And, you, you know, you, you work through that. To go from never living alone to being with someone, there's a lot to learn in that instance. There's a lot to, to go wrong. There's a lot for you to know and and you know understand in a way and I think if you do a period where you're living alone it becomes less less of a challenge because when you're on, you're on your own you, you, you're very aware you're aware to a scale that is almost unheard of. This is this is the thing when you, you can tell someone who's lived alone. You can tell someone who's had to be independent of everyone else. You can tell. Because you talk to them about their lives and they've already got everything solved. They know where things are. They know what things do. Um, whether they feel like they do well living alone or not, they have a grasp of everything within their life because you completely have to. Um, and 
so when you transfer that to living with someone else, whilst there are obviously things you have to make changes for because you're very used and you have to get used to living with someone else, you both you find that you're both just way more independent, way more used to it, way more considerate of one another because you've 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 gotten to a position where you've already had to do that once before. But it can be scary, I think. It's not something which keeps me up at night. It's not something which as I've ever thought, oh, I need to live in a shared house again. In fact, that's something which I don't think I could ever do, is live in a shared house again. Because the person I live with, I need to respect. And the person I live with, I need to have a, a close connection with in order to be myself, in order to relax. You know, when I eventually get to a point of living with someone again, I want that to be a relaxing experience. I don't want to have to hide anything about myself. I don't want to have to put on a facade with someone I'm going to live with. Um, you should be completely re- relaxed in your own home. Which, when you live alone, you do get to that point. You do get to figure out... You figure out a lot about yourself. What you enjoy, what you want to do on a weekend, what you want to, you know, project out into the world and keep to yourself. There's bits in my house people have no idea about, and that's intentional. There's bits which you surprise people, and that's intentional. You know... That's an important part of being alone. But you do have to take care. Because any day... Oh, my phone's vibrating. Any day you could walk around and slip and then be dead. (laughs) (laughs) I think as well... I mean, I said this in the last podcast. I think getting out and doing things... I didn't say this in the last podcast. I said the start of this podcast. See, this is how my brain works. I thought, that was a whole podcast ago. No, at the start, you know... Getting out and getting coffee with friends is a really important thing. You know, making yourself those opportunities to get out of your homestead, check in on people, inviting people around just once. It doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be every week. But getting someone around to your house once in a month, it's nice. It gives you that different perspective, which you may not have noticed. Someone might come in and say, hey, you noticed that thing in the corner of your room? And you go, oh, no, I didn't. I completely forgot about that. Why did you forget about that? Because you see every day. It's all about generating a balance. But I'd recommend living alone. I definitely would recommend living alone. This is the same as me on travel. I think I said this in the, the one with uh, Ollie Amman. Um Solo travel. Even if you're in a relationship, going away on your own, coming back with new stories to tell your partner about, those are important things. As much as living alone is an important thing. Because you have tales, you have things of interest, you can do whatever you want. Just be careful with it. I'm <laughs> going back and forth on this point. But just be careful with it. That's all I'm saying. I don't want you to be at the bottom of the stairs. Or have a person who will check on you every so often. And if you don't feel like you have any of those things, um, you can put a comment in YouTube comments and, and I'll know you're still there. You're still doing your thing. I don't mind being that little point of contact. I tend to reply to most comments I get because I don't get many comments. You know, I'm happy to do that. Happy to have people reach out and say, "Hey, you know, your videos are kind of there to do, do, do a, <laughs> to do a community service. Um, yeah, they provide a little little narrative to the situation, little narrative to the to the day, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone who listens. This is one thing. I mean, I say I do whatever I want, and I do do whatever I want. Um, you know, I have time to make podcasts. I have time to make my book. I have time to paint and draw and do all these things because no one else relies on me." Um, and that's a very unique, quite privileged situation. I completely accept that, you know. 
I appreciate that. And I appreciate people who take time to listen to this. I appreciate people who take time to listen to the podcast because I realize you're taking time of your day to do that. You're taking time of your day to to listen to a guy ramble about a subject. I really appreciate that. So I hope you're taking care. I hope that you're doing well. I hope that you will consider living alone if you're in a shared house, if you can afford to. You know, I realize everyone's situation is different. Um, but I recommend it. And if you know someone who lives alone and they don't get out very much, take them for coffee. You know, go pay them a visit. I think old people are a great example of that. When you get to a certain age, you, you, you'll likely end up living alone you know, one way or another, whether it's in a home or whether it's in a habitat by, by yourself. I, I'm surrounded by the back, out in the back of my house. There is, there's old people's homes. Um, and they all live alone and they're very independent people. And they're learning that late in life. You could learn that early in life. So then the rest of your life is easy. But they're people who need visitors. They're people who, who you need to go see, chat to. Because you get older, but your personality doesn't really change. You know, they're still people. They're just old people. That's why I like talking to my gran. She's got all this age and she's got all these things which she sees as negatives for being old, but she's still got a personality. She's still a person right there. She's just had a different experience in life, and I find that fascinating. I find you fascinating, gran. No way you watch this. You haven't got the internet in your house. <laughs> but thanks for listening. And I hope I've inspired or scared you. I'll talk to you guys later.